introducing the Poet Life Podcast. Go check it out today on your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Apple Music, and the website, thepoetlife.com. Find a way, find a way. Ain't got no time now. You in the way. Hey, 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 it's Christoph Wrights of the Poet Life Podcast. I am excited on tonight to have a special guest. Her name is Tiffany Williams. How are you, Tiffany? I'm good, Chris. How are you? Uh, I can't complain. I'm really excited, like I said, because I don't know how much you've consumed of the Poet Life Podcast, but I think I've made this reference maybe... 10, 15 episodes. And the reference that I'm speaking about is the fact that poets are so much more than their poems. Mm. And the, the specific reference is I gave, I give an example of where poets can go with their art or where companies can get more value out of poets. And I'm speaking about becoming a copywriter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? yeah. Right? Because poets are great with words. They're storytellers. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's what marketing is. Yep, that's what marketing is. Right? And so, you know, I, I know that's going to just like click something in someone's head, whether it's the poet or someone at a company in marketing. Mm-hmm we need to go get a poet or I'm a poet and I'm great with words. And I think copywriting would be an awesome role. Like, tell me, tell me what was the revelation for you to say, because you're a poet too, correct? Yes. So I am a poet. Um, I have been writing poetry ever since I was nine years old. It just Mm -hmm. always was this, this outlet. Um, I always was walking around with a journal and a pen and just writing stuff down and I would get triggered by just things as far as inspiration. And you see that bad, bad, I used to have napkins where I would just write something on just so I could remember when I got back to my book, you know, this is it. And I would just sit and come up with a poem like that. Um, it's not always that easy these days <laughs> to do that, but when I, my juices are flowing, they do be flowing and I'm like, popping up home so right right so okay nine years old how did that how did that play out where did that come from what was the inspiration I think at nine years old I just I just like to write so I was um a very I was always smart um kind of a child that retained information very well so I kind of surpassed a lot of the kids that were my age or my grade level so I was always in talented and gifted um, programs and so, but I I was always kind of shy and timid, and I kind of say to myself, I'm naturally an introvert. Um, I typically don't go out just walking other people. I'm like, hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people tell me that are that know me, they're like, you're not an introvert. You're you know you you're social. I'm like, that's because I'm comfortable with y'all, and y'all I open up with people that. Um, once I'm found that I'm comfortable with you and I'm like, okay, I can be myself. So as a child, when you're trying to figure that out, and I had a couple of friends, but um, we moved a lot. So mm-hmm. 
my we moved a lot unfortunately um i went to a lot of different elementary schools um and so it was just like writing became a, a constant writing became a friend writing became just whatever i i used to deal with what i could not speak about um not knowing how to address certain things that might have been uncomfortable to me um dealing with my parents you know they weren't together um growing up so you know channeling and expressing the the maybe the anger or frustration of that like why couldn't my home be a two-parent household like some of the other kids that I you know went to school with I went to a very diverse elementary school at one point where 60% of the population was white or Caucasian. And so um, there were, it was very mixed. It was in Upper Marlboro, but it, and so that area was not as like it is today, Upper <laughs> Marlboro. Mm-hmm. So having to deal with, you know, a lot of Caucasian and um, Hispanic children and families around. And so it was like, okay, still trying to fit in, still trying to find my lane, um, still trying to figure out who am I, you know? I have all this stuff to say and I want to be able to get it out. And so that's where I put it at. I put it on the pad. Wow, wow. Do you remember one of your early poems? Um, Probably nothing that probably made any sense or nothing I would probably show anybody. The first poem that I probably, so nine I was writing, 13 is where I feel like I, I, I decided at that point that I was a writer and I wanted to be a writer and I wanted to focus, or I wanted to study journalism and I wanted to go to NYU specifically for the School of Arts or Columbia. So that's when I decided like, this is the career that I want. Um, and I was chugging along and, um, did some, like did broadcast, like the news broadcast inside of the school and in middle school. So I did the morning announcements, that's what they called it. But that was where I was like, okay, this journalism thing, writing, this is what I want to do. And, um, I wasn't afraid to show people at that point, like what I was writing. And Mm. then, um, so there are some, uh, so I do have a book. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But mm-hmm. I want to say that there are some poems in my book that I wrote right around 13 to 15. And people probably be like, you wrote that at that age? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it was so, it was so mature. It was, it was beyond probably what you would think that I would know. But because I'm an intuitive person, because I'm an empath, because I pick up on other people's feelings and emotions and, you know, I'm an observer at the same time, I was able to channel what was around me, what I heard people speaking about, what I saw people going through, even adults, hurt, pain, everything. And I was able to use that and say, like, this isn't me, but I don't want this to be me, you know, or I don't want to go down this path or, you know, and it, what or what if I went down this path, you know? So I did a lot of um, writing, a lot of writing that was introspective 
and then obviously, like I said, focusing a lot on poetry because it was just, it was written. It was kismet. Yeah. 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 So from nine to 13, you kept the poems to yourself. That was your coping mechanism. That was your release, your outlet. Yes. Got it. Got you. Have you saved any of those nine to 13 poems? I have a couple of them. Nice. Nice. I'm so, you know, in hindsight, you're like, man, why didn't I get more organized and, you know, start thinking about the future to where I knew I would want to still have some of the poems that I wrote, you know, just not thinking about that. You know what I mean? It's just. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're, we don't tend to think like that. Back yeah. there. We're like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to need yeah. this to use this. Like, eh, nobody's really going to be looking at this. So, right. you know, I have I do have some. But the reason why I have those is because I was commissioned to write those for a wedding, uh, funeral, like at a young age. You know, I was okay. I was writing. I was writing. I started writing it uh, in first grade. First grade, I, okay. I guess, I guess that makes me six at that time. And you know, for those who you know in my family passed away, um, I was that poet to write that obituary poem in the back of the, uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know. Um, and so I think, I mean, it's so crazy. And I, now that I think about it, I think I, I wrote the poem for my father's funeral, my grandfather, my, uh, uncle, like it's, it's wild to think back and, uh, to know that poetry is that powerful that, you know, people will want you to give the, the words that most uh-huh. people can't say, you know. Uh-huh. Um, I looked at it. I looked at it as that was their eulogy you know, when I was writing it. And, right. Uh, it was. It's, it's just so interesting looking back. But but it, you were used, you know. God yes. was using you. That's all. To to yeah. speak for these people, like you said, who couldn't who couldn't put the words together, but you sat with them and you you know you talked about. Yeah. Or, or you knew that person because that was your loved one and you knew all the fond memories and things that you can relate that. Um, and, and it was just a blessing in that moment because I think when people are going through grief um, and then when they're there at the funeral, I just recently um, a good friend of mine, I call her my sister, my big sister, she just recently lost her son. Um, mm. And I, we just um, buried him like almost a couple of weeks ago. Um, I would, so, and she's still going through it right now, going through a hard time, but you know, it, I was there and now, you know, every moment I talk to her, I tell her and I just try to share a word and, you know, and she, she didn't want to nothing really fancy at the funeral. Mm-hmm. She didn't want to make a big fuss, but I told her, I said, if you let me know, cause right. I know how you felt about your son. I know, I know the words that you can't get out right now. So I would have did that in her honor and in his memory, of course. So, man, you bring that up. A friend of mine from college called me out the blue 
or Facebook me, I'm not sure. And said, can we talk? And she said, you know, I, I had a, I lost my son two days after birth. And I was like, wow. And so she thought of me, you know, because I used to, you know, do the open mics at my school. And she knew, everybody knew I was a poet. You know, uh-huh. um, when I was younger and Black Planet was a thing. <laughs> oh, my, wow, Black Planet. My, my page name. You're showing your age right now. You're showing your I age. Know, right? I know. <laughs> and this is probably all ego, but my 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 page name was Hazel-Eyed Poet. <laughs> and, <laughs> and um, but she knew that I wrote poetry and she knew I could you know, translate, you know, how she was feeling and everything. And so I was like, that's a heavy one. Yeah. That's a heavy one, you know? And so I said, okay, all right. What I, I need you to do is, you know, it's, it's going to be very hard, but I need you to just talk and tell me about, sorry, daughter. Tell me about um, your daughter. And, and she just started, you know, pouring out, just crying the entire time, you know, and um, it was, it was hard, you know, but I knew it was a, um, an assignment for me and I was able to do it and I was able to do it in her, her child's voice, you know, as, as the child. Okay. So, so when she reads it, it's like she's talking to her daughter, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. or her daughter's talking to her. Okay, to her. Mm-hmm. Right, right, yeah. Um, Which is good, and I and that you know, that's comforting too because you know, a lot of parents when you lose a child, like I said, unfortunately, I I don't know what that feels like to lose a child, but I can only imagine hmm. if I ever lost either one of my you know what that would feel like but sometimes you just get stuck and you don't know how to go forward you know you don't you you feel like you don't want to go forward without them you don't want to live life you don't want to be happy sometimes you you know that's all in grief you're like how can I be happy tomorrow if if they're not here how can I so you you saying that like putting it in the child's voice and and into like this is what I want you to do mom this is this is helping this is what i want to see for you i want your life to keep moving even though i'm not here um that's something that can move them out of that place because like yeah. i said they get stuck there and I'm, I'm, I'm trying my best to make sure my friend doesn't um doesn't dwell on you know the past and and what was but what could be she still yeah. has two sons that are are living you know she got to live for them and you live live through them um, to keep promoting your son who's not here. You keep, y'all keep promoting his legacy. You know, right. do it for him. He would have wanted you to. So, right. yeah, yeah. My best friend lost um, his his daughter at. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to make this a you know real sad podcast, but it's you know it's just real life situations. You know, mm-hmm. ten months, and that was that was it. Still is super tough. Um, so it just goes to, to tell you that or goes to show you that poetry is, is just powerful.
toll and very impactful, you know, and it's necessary. Um, yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. It's good stuff. Um, so your journey, so you went into journalism. So how did you make that tie? Is, is it because it's simply writing or why journalism? So, so obviously I was like, yeah, I, I do creative writing. I'm a poet and I come up with obviously these fictional stories because I, I was writing um, stories back then, you know, I was writing uh, screenplays that I wanted, you know, I thought I was going to write plays and be a screenwriter. And so I knew that there was obviously money to be made in these, you know, writing for TV and stuff. But I also knew that uh, the competition level of that, mm -hmm. right? How many people actually get in the door to do that? Number one. Then obviously how many, uh, how many African-Americans getting a door to do that sometimes, you know? So mm -hmm. you got to talk about when you're writing for TV and getting into uh, those credits, just how much harder that might be. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, well, journalism is, journalism was, was good and I was interested in, but it was a little bit more or less risky. And right. so it was like, okay, mm -hmm. well, go the journalism route and then go over here. Still not giving up, obviously, writing for TV and poetry and all that stuff, but Let's just go where some money can be made. Like, that's a more lucrative career, right? right? Um, but, I, like I said, I didn't go, I didn't get into my dream schools. Um, and then at the time, I think what happens, obviously, as when you're a teenager, you're coming up and you're getting close to that, that phase and when you're about to graduate and you're expecting this next level, this phase, but then you have to be realistic as to what your parents can afford, right. you know, what's, what's being saved for you to go to school. And so, um, I was raised by a phenomenal woman, my mm -hmm. mom, but she was a single mom. And so, you know, she, she carried all of that financial burden to make sure that we were pretty much me and my sister were, were raised well. We, you know, we never wanted for nothing. And for me, um, I did not want to put my mother through any more struggle to have to figure out how to put me through school. And right. so I took ownership of that. I took my took my career and my life back and like, okay, I want to do this. I want to help do this. And I did go to school. I went to Morgan State. Um, so Morgan State Bears, was mm -hmm. Morgan State first year. Um, it was great. I love. Uh, it's something about an HBCU. I could talk about HBCUs all day long. Um, love them. Very proud of them. You know, for what for what they they're here to do. You know, to support the the education and advancement of Black people. Um, and I all and I would want both of my children to go to HBCUs at that could obviously make them but you know their choice right but <laughs> but I love Morgan and I went there and a lot of my friends went there because I graduated from Potomac High School in Oxford Hill Maryland but I went to Suitland High School for the first three years from so from ninth grade to 11th grade so everybody that I knew from Suitland High School Potomac High School was right there at Morgan State okay um it's not far 
right in Baltimore. So we up there and I'm like, okay, all my friends are here. It's fun. But I wasn't able to stay on campus. So I commuted. I commuted from my part of Maryland up to Baltimore every day to go to classes. That was, um, it was hard. (laughs) It was hard. I always tell anybody now, I'm like, uh, um, first thing as a new freshman, if I was to talk to the graduating class of 2021, I would tell them, do not sign up for an eight o'clock class. Don't even do it. Like, don't do it. I signed up for an eight o'clock class and had to commute. Okay? So, I set myself up horribly, but um, yeah, so I was late a lot of times, but uh, I got there and then, like I said, I did my classes, but then came after classes, I couldn't stay because I didn't live up there. So now everybody's getting out of their classes, everybody's going to the quad and people are meeting over at the dorms and all this stuff. And I'm like, I got to go to work at Shoe City and Iverson Mall. Man, I can't even hang, right? Right. (laughs) So it was just, uh, it was a little difficult. And I think that that journey kind of took a lot out of me. It uh, It took a lot. And then I was just like, okay, this is a little rough, right? Um, I need to go get some money. I need to need find vehicles or vessels to to pay for this education, so where we ain't got to pay for it, right? Right. Um, and then I was contacted. I was I was recruited to join the service, and I come from a very long line of military family. Um, most of the men on my mother's side of the family have served in various parts of the military. So grandfather, retired command sergeant major from the army. I have a lot of army, a lot of Marines, a lot of Navy. My dad uh, was in the army as well and got out of, he did eight years and, and got out. So I was like, it's, it's pretty much there, but I was the first girl. I was the first girl in the family to ever go. So my grandfather, of course, was like, are you sure? And he gave me the pep talk because he's, you know, command sergeant major, so he done went through all those ranks. He done seen what it's like. And he looking at me like, okay, granddaughter, you go out the, you got the grit. Look, he told me to grit, grow, and bear. That was his words. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> but it, I needed it. I needed it. But there were times where they was they they break you down and build you back up in <laughs> theory. That's what they say. But there were times wow. I was like, why did I sign up for this? And what I tried to keep that on my brain. Um, Army. Okay. So, okay. U.S. Wow. Army Human Resource Specialist. So then that's when my my world turned from writing into still writing, but just paperwork. Mm. So at this point, now I'm like in, in admin admin lane and um, still obviously got that urge to still keep writing. So it's got been it. interesting. So in journalism, did you write for your school newspaper? Um, I did not write for the school newspaper. I did write when I got to uh, Morgan, though, for the okay. paper. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. What was the name of your school newspaper? I think we had a school newspaper. Okay. Not for not in not in uh, high school. No. 
What about for college? What was do you, do you remember the name? Um, I don't right now. I don't. High school hours was Springbrook Blueprint, and for college, I wrote for both. Um, the Spartan Echo. Mm. Yeah, with the I like Spartan. Those names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I do remember, but in high school, they so what did I, what what was my lane in high school? Um, all I remember for the most part in high school, I, I might have done sports. I don't know, but when February came, because I went to a white, predominantly white yeah. high school. Uh-huh. And so when February came, everybody looked at me. All right, so what are we doing for this month? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why? Like, why you had to be the uh, the spokesperson for Black History, though? Yeah, man, uh, I, was so I would have been like, "What are we doing for this month?" It sounds like y'all need to go study and research right. uh, exactly. what y'all doing. What are we doing for this month? Exactly, exactly. Uh, okay, cool. So. HR, right? So, but where or how did you know about copywriting and and marketing in that way okay. to incorporate okay. your poetically mm-hmm. um, your, your your poetry writing? Like, how did you kind of tie that together? So back and even back in high school, I used to do this thing. Um, I used to come up with like jingles and like little small advertising slogans, like look fictitious products or something like that. I would just, um, so I sing as well. And so I would just come up with like little stuff and I'd be like little jingles or commercials would come on. And I'm like, Hmm, this is interesting. And then when I found out people get paid to, you know, write this stuff and I was like, this is, this is cool. You know, this is something good. So I just always was like looking at different ways to, to monetize writing. And, and because I'm, I'm a, believer in that doing what you what you want in life you know the the, the things that are pa- you're passionate about it becomes not it doesn't seem like work you'll want right. to do it right? right and if you can get paid to do it then you know obviously why not and it's like you're having fun all day because you're passionate about doing this you're an advocate about stuff that you believe in and so that's the thing about like we said tapping into what you're already gifted to do Right. What is already in you, you know, it's within you. If you have a gift for words and, you know, that's your, you need to use that. You need to figure out how to use that. Because um, my favorite reference in a movie is Sister Act 2, where she tells, mm. uh, when, when Whoopi tells Lauren Hill's character that, you know, whatever you wake up, the first thing you think about in the morning, that's what you're supposed to be. I wake up right. thinking about writing. If it's not writing, it's singing. So I knew at the end of the day, these are my passions. This is the first mm. thing I wake up wanting to do. This is the last thing I want to do before I go to bed. Hmm. You know, I believe that your passion is uniquely tied to your purpose. Mm-hmm. Right? Because just think about the gifts and the reason why you were brought to this earth. And you would have, you would, you would think that God would make you passionate about your assignment, mm-hmm. right? So your passions are most likely 
tied to the assignment on your yeah, life. Yeah, the assignment on your life. Mm-hmm. Right. Everybody Cause, has one. Because he wouldn't, you know, if you have an assignment, he wouldn't like not have that assignment tied to something that you don't like or, you know, that you're not enthusiastic about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's how I liken it to be. And, you know, I, I, I want to spend most of my time with my assignment, man, because in life, you just don't know. You don't you don't know when your last day is, you know. Mm-hmm. And for me, the biggest thing is, you know, God forbid, if I, I if I left here t- tomorrow, I, I I did everything that I could today and tomorrow uh, that would allow me to leave this place comfortable and knowing Perfect. that I pursued my passion. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so no regret, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. So what are you doing with the copywriting? How, how are you so right now? Okay. Is this a yeah. service that you provide? So I do. Um, so mm-hmm. I founded my company back in 2018, December, 2018. Is not found date for own your own your mark media, and own your mark media was um, the where I wanted to obviously utilize my gift as far as with words and storytelling to help small business owners and entrepreneurs and and court, obviously creators um, with copywriting because copywriting is its own it has a specific technique because mm-hmm. you're you're using words to um, pretty much get people to do something, to, to perform an action, whether that is to buy into something, to click a button, to, to go to a landing page, whatever you, you're, you're, come, you're creating a call to action, a CTA, that's what we call it in copywriting land, yeah. and you're trying to get that person to do that action. And there's a lot of different things you have to do before you get there because what people tend to do in, you know, in sales, we know that it takes sometimes a person to see something 30 times before they will do, do it. So you got to keep putting it in front of them. You have to find different strategies. You have to kind of, you know, put it, put the ads up, you know, like they say, some people feel like Facebook is watching them because as soon as you go searching for something, what, what pops up on your timeline, that thing you were searching, right? Or you could be talking about something and you like, is my phone listening to me? Right. Because it pops your timeline. And and but this is advertising, this is marketing, but this is also you stop sometimes and you look at those ads because there's something in that wording that triggers you in your mind psychologically to make you read more until you get down to the bottom. And then you like, hmm. I'm going to click it. I want to learn more. I want to see what else is there. And that's, that's copywriting. So right. that is what we do. That is what my company does that I founded. And um, I enjoy working with people. I enjoy working with creatives. For me, I want your brand to shine, you know, because I talk to different um, CEOs and owners and they talk about their brand. I get excited. Mm-hmm. I get excited because they're excited. And so right. it's like a transfer of energy. It's like, I'm ready to start today. Let's just, and of course, my creative juices are going even in the first discovery call 
uh, or a first consultation meeting. And our consultations are free. Um, and that's just the, for me to figure out exactly what we what you need, because obviously as a subject matter expert, you might not even know what you need. But from right. that conversation, I can say, this is what you need to do now. This is what you need to do next. And you can probably hold off and do this at a later date. So I'm yeah. giving you a plan. And then obviously, and I'm working it with you throughout, you know, coaching, consulting, and helping you get there to where you want to see your business and growth. And so, you know, we have goals, talking about mindset, you know, getting people motivated to do the work because we want good we like I said we would want good outcomes. Right. So when you come to me you get dedication um first and foremost cuz I I'm a personable person when we meet you know we're going to be like best friends cuz you're going to get my dedication, I'm going to follow up, I'm going to make sure you're doing <laughs> what we said you were going to do mm. and you know just keep encouraging and throughout the process. Got it. Got it. So I am a testament to all of what she's saying. Reason why is, you know, I set this up this this moment here because we hired Tiffany, um, the Poet Life hired Tiffany for the copywriting and the content creation for the for the promotion of the Poet Life Fest that will be July twenty fourth in DC. Yes, very excited yes. about that. And she's doing an awesome job already. And she literally just came on board. And so she's making me excited about it because, you know, she's taking so much off of my plate. You know, I've been planning and hosting, well, not hosting, but planning events for years. And and for the most part, it's kind of like been me just, you know, and, and, and I'm learning to delegate and learning how to build a team. And she's making my job so much easier. Um, I'm able to simply just have a conversation with her like we're doing now <clears throat> and share with her my vision for the Poet Life Fest. And she's already thinking the way I'm thinking. And it's, it's, it's dope to see. It's awesome to see. And, uh, you know, and so. So when I brought you on, I was like, I need to also bring her on to the podcast because, like I said, I've been saying this for the longest that, man, poets are so much more than their poems if they mm-hmm. only knew that. You know, mm-hmm. I know some know, but some don't realize the value in their art and how many lanes it could work in, you know? And 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 copywriting has, is definitely one of them because it's writing poetically written. Yeah, you yep. know what I mean. And, and and poetry encourages you to feel a way, mm-hmm. you know, uh, whether it's whether it's you know romantically or or emotionally, spiritually, you know, so. It's about connection. I'm telling you. Know? you. You're, you're tapping into the connection. Because even if you're talking it romantically, you romantically, your target audience, because, you know, we're going in marketing, you always, before you market something, you're thinking, who's my target audience? Right. Who is my, who is my buyer? What is my buyer persona? 
And when you're writing a poem, you have to choose a target audience, whether it be, you know, a, a man, if you're a woman, you know, you, write it, you want to write a love letter. You're like, you know, I just want to tell this man exactly how I'm feeling, right? right. You're like, I want, I want it to come off the page. I want him to receive it, you know? Right. That's that. Or if you want, you know, like I say, you want to write a love uh, poem and you want couples to enjoy it. You want yeah. people to reshare it and be like, you know, I read this and I thought about you, babe. I thought about you, honey. Or, you know, I want to dedicate this poem to this person. So, I mean, all of that, your target audience, you've already solidified who that was. And mm. now you got to put it, put the words together in order to connect to them. And so as a poet, all you are doing in other mm. lanes when it comes to writing is just finding that connection. Wow. Wow. I have a slogan for my company and it says a mark together lasts forever. That's our slogan at Own Your Mark Media. And for me, that means that any client that I work with, a mark together, whatever mark we do on this page, we're owning it. That's why it's called Own Your Mark. We are owning our mark in society. We're owning our mark as creators as authors, as poets, and we're saying, this is my stamp that I'm putting on it. And I take that with my clients that I work with and saying, you are owning your mark. And whatever we do together is making a lasting impression. Mm. Wow. Wow. I noticed you have poet in your like bio description. Mm -hmm. Was that strategic? to let your clients know that you have that skill set? Because poetry is a skill. Yeah, that was strategic because I think, um, you know, when you, that sets me apart from other copywriters because um, other copywriters, obviously, you know, they like, oh, I formally trained, I went to this school, I went to that. And like I said, don't get me wrong, I went to school. I, I have a business degree. Um, I have a bachelor's in business and I have a concentration in entrepreneurship, digital entrepreneurship and marketing. Um, and I wanted to get all that because, A, I wanted to do business, but I wanted to do business and learn about this age of business, not back then what we used to do and, and specifically digital online business and then marketing online. So I wanted that because I already knew how to write. I just wanted to learn, obviously, the marketing aspects of it, too. So you go to school and you pay for, in my opinion, you pay for what you don't already know, not something that you do know, something that's innate within you that it can't be taught. You know, it, you want to add things around that to kind of polish up your skill set. And so, like I said, that sets me apart mm -hmm. from other copywriters because I have that skill as a poet because I already know imagery and metaphors and you know how to use similes and all that stuff i know all that it's not just basic grammar i know how to tailor words so yes i put that in there strategically because i want people to know like i have more of a portfolio especially when you're starting out a business um and someone sees that you're under five years old you know what i mean because they think that you're not credible at what you're doing and it's like well i have i have the credibility you know, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> wow. Right. Because even though your business might be five years old, 
you've been writing poetry for so much mm -hmm. longer. Yeah. So you can, oh, so you can add the year. Add that year. Mm -hmm. Oh man. Mm -hmm. Let's mm -hmm. see. Yeah, you're giving you're you're giving so much depth to poetry now. Yeah, I didn't I didn't even think of that. Wow, wow. Okay, I can see it a lot clearer now. I know I've been mentioning it, but never really had the in depth conversation about how poets can go into copywriting, not only copywriting, but also technical writing as well. Technical writing as well. Yep. You can decide to um, do, you can decide to write people's dissertation essays, you know, when they get up there to, to the graduate level and stuff like that. If you're a technical writer, there's definitely a lot um, of money in technical writing because it takes you mm -hmm. to have to, to learn Mm -hmm. different things so you gotta follow guidelines and structure and right. that's something that um you know a lot of people don't like to be busted but i mean if you learn how to do that and and still do your poetry where you can be unboxed you know you can be right. out there free say what you want how you want to put it but then in this other lane you know that got some rules some structure you got to follow but again that's 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 money it's money in that pocket because these people don't want to do this. They don't want to write this. They're like, right. eh, I'd rather give it to somebody else to write. And you can be just doing technical writing. Wow. Wow. That is, that's eye-opening right there. That is eye-opening. So how do you feel about how things are going with the planning process of the Poet Life Fest? Um, I think so far, I think we have an amazing team. Like, even after the conversation tonight, it was definitely, um, you can see everybody is very knowledgeable and, mm -hmm. and, and hold their role. And, and so, you know, we were just over, you know, talking to each other and it was like this mm -hmm. person speaking and the next person was, before you even had to ask them to chime in and say something, it was like, oh yeah, I, I got that yeah, or right. I thought about that. So it was just going back and forth and it was good to see. It's great to be a part of. I'm mm -hmm. so excited to go out there and see the site this week so I can see, you know, where everything's going to be housed and, oh. and get that vision. But um, we, we ready. Like, I, yeah. I just hope everybody else is ready. I hope they're ready for what we about to put down in D.C. because <laughs> D.C. ain't had a festival in a minute. Ah. And right now, this pandemic, you know, people want to get out. And I want to say that everybody that's going to come out, you know, we got to come out, you know, but we got to come out safely, you know, do right. do whatever it is you need to do to police yourself. Make sure you're safe out here. You know, COVID is not gone, but no. we can, you know, go out safely and be um a part of this and and bring your family like i said right. it's it's going to be amazing i'm already expecting a big turnout because we're going to push, push. we're going to push until we can't push no more and um uh, i'm definitely going to be in the building <laughs> i love it i love it i love it it's, it's 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 so exciting you know to create something you know that 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 makes you feel Makes you feel good, you know, and to know that people will appreciate what you've created, right? And and that goes the same the, the, the same with your poem that you wrote or 
the idea that you had to transition or or transcend to uh, another form of writing where you stemmed from poetry. Um, that's a that's an accomplishment. It's a major accomplishment because for the longest, as we know, so many people believe <clears throat> in poets. Some poets believe it as well or believed it uh, before this podcast um, that there's no money in poetry. Right. Because they didn't really see anybody. They know amazing poets, but they didn't really see them succeed financially, career wise, you know, um, and and it is our mission to highlight and 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 uh, bolster poets who have really taken it to the next level uh, and, and coming on to the show to break it down and give um, tutelage on how you can do it as well. It's it's so mm -hmm. possible. You know, it's so possible. And it is it is amazing. I I want to read one of the comments that I, I received on YouTube. Um let me see it. So season two, episode two with Bianca Jackson. Um she talked about, and she's not even a poet, but she's a LinkedIn expert. And she okay. was Explaining, yes, she came on as a LinkedIn expert, and my thought pattern uh, behind reaching out to her was, okay, she's not a poet. However, she can shed light on how to grow how your to brand, brand mm -hmm. how to grow your brand as a poet on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. right? And so, so, so she shared and said. Do you understand like, okay, you, 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 you're a professional poet, right? And LinkedIn is for professionals, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, well, I never put that. I never put two and two together because in my mind, LinkedIn was a digital resume database. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? But and, it, it, and, it, things change. I mean, and that's, that's the thing. It's like this untapped uh, way to use LinkedIn. And and trust me, I'm I'm still I'm still learning, you know, LinkedIn. But yes. it's definitely something that when, you know, I talk to people I know in marketing, they're like, LinkedIn is, is where where it's at when it comes yes. to getting um clients, you know, mm. um, when it comes to networking. Anything that becomes a tool for networking in the masses, and that's what's like like right now, the new thing is Clubhouse. And Clubhouse mm -hmm. was explicit to just uh, iPhone users at once. You know, Android right. users weren't able to get into Clubhouse. So you had a lot of people not having access. But now since the opportunity is open up to have access, I'm in Clubhouse. And right. and one night of being on there, I, honestly, I was like, this is going to be my new addiction. Like, I, I can't know. stay out of these rooms. I went in a poetry room one night. And the the creativity, this this one guy came to the stage and he did a poem that was phenomenal. I was sitting in my bed. I was like, it is after midnight and I'm still in this room, but right. I can't leave it because as a as a poet, as a you know, as an artist, you like, wow. I right. want to know who next. 
who's who's right. got next, you know? Right. And then they called me up and they were like, I know you knew, you know, do you do you wanna say something? I'm like, I'm feeling the vibes right now. I sure did. I pulled out I pulled out one of my poems and wow. I brand new. But they they were very receiving. They were very open. They were like, you know, this is a safe space and, and you felt that. And a lot of rooms that I've been into, um, it has been safe spaces, it's been a lot of networking. Um, mm. one of the clubhouse rooms I was in is called Collab Couch. People are just talking about I got this going on and people are popping in saying, Oh, I might can help you with that and it's it's free collaboration. Why wouldn't you want to be in that room? Wow. So LinkedIn yeah. is like going back to LinkedIn though, LinkedIn is like that as far as it's networking and you can use that to forward your brand. And I think like you said, poets don't realize that it is you your brand. You mm -hmm. are the brand. The face of the brand, you know, any any even as a company. My company owns your mark media but it's I'm in the front of it. Right. As a founder, it's still me. Right. I gotta show up. This this is the face that they're gonna get in the videos. This is the face they're gonna see on the videos or whatever I create as far as content, educating people on, you know, what is the best uh way to kill you know to write killer headlines in in right. copy yeah how do you get people to open up those emails what do you need to say in that email subject line that makes it through all the emails that they're going to get in that one day wow right so yeah. a lot of people don't know that so like i said but you use that you go to linkedin you put that video up and now the professionals are there so as a poet Go ahead and record yourself. Right. Record yourself doing one of your best poems. Put that on LinkedIn. Mm. Give an awesome bio. If you need help, hire a copywriter. You can right. put together an awesome bio. Right? And then from there, people will be knocking down your doors saying they got this going on and you will be a perfect fit because they were they couldn't turn you off. They couldn't turn your video off or they couldn't mm. stop from listening to you. And that's what they want to, to forward their brand. So yeah. you need to do that. If you're not doing that, you need to do that right now. It's like, go right to LinkedIn, now. like right now. Yeah, no, that's what, that's exactly what I did after the episode was over. You know, we, we record at night. It's, it's 10, 10 right now, PM. Uh, and I did not go to sleep last that night uh, because I was creating my my I already had a personal page. Right. With my mm -hmm. nine to five resume and all of that, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but then because she broke it down, she was like, if you don't want to mix and mingle your your corporate, your nine to five with your art and create mm -hmm. a, create yeah, a right. page. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was was freeing you know and so i was creating my page and and um as a as an artist you also have the the feature to create a portfolio on your page so you can post uh -huh. photos and videos of you know past performances and i was like man this is great man and the engagement yeah. it's more purposeful on linkedin you know, yeah. a lot of times on Facebook, everybody's just, you know, kind of playing around and posting goofy stuff. And 
But on LinkedIn, it's more intentional. Like people are like literally looking for deals and and business partners and stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So so um, yeah, I, I, I like I like I liken LinkedIn to be like the the Facebook for professionals. Right. Yep. You know, you know, mm-hmm. you literally could just be inboxing or DMing, I should say, uh, a CEO of a company and have a conversation like it's nothing on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. It's, it's wow. So I encourage I encourage you who is listening or watching like uh, Young Blood, Young Blood Poetry. Mm-hmm. He was one of our guests uh, a couple of episodes ago. And one of his comments on uh, Red Lion's episode, he said, I also got on LinkedIn because Miss Jackson's episode on the Poet Life podcast. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a lot of people just don't know. And what you don't know, you just don't know, you know. So right. I'm so glad we have this platform to just, you know, kind of shine some light on some techniques that you all can take um, and, and, you know, really put into work and put into play for your brand. And um, this information here is grand. This information here concerning copywriting, you know, oh, content creation. Let's go there for a second. Okay. Did you incorporate content creation around the same time or how did that come into play? So when I first started out, the the company i was like okay i'm gonna do social media management services right. Right. services and content creation kind of goes with that because obviously when you're managing other people's profiles you have to create some content right. so um that was the intention and then i was like okay i'll do copywriting because copywriting is a little different than content creation because it's not just social media posts you're um you're doing sales pages, you're doing ads, so Facebook ads, Instagram ads, um, that's copy, website copy. So then content creation kind of just lives in a social media post. Um, mm-hmm. But I like content creation because even though um, my graphic designing skills are hmm, basic to intermediate, I'm not like a rock star graphic designer, although I do have one on my team that can mm-hmm. do amazing things. Shout out to Courtney. Um, but, um, you know, and together we work together very well. Um, but, you know, she she helps in that. But I go and create the content based on what that brand, um, based off that brand's feel, their mood board. I go ahead and create the content and it's like, okay, you know, this is the type of stuff that is going to get engagement. This is going to get people to like post whether or not we're doing a poll post. Um, whether we're doing stories or creating content for Instagram stories. So I first want to also say as a marketer, a digital marketer as well, that every platform is not for every for every brand. So you mm-hmm. have to figure out what platform are going to be for your brand. Um, I always suggest people to start out with two because you don't want to overwhelm yourself with trying to do every single platform that's out there you know you're trying to have a facebook instagram pinterest youtube channel you're going to get burnt out very fast it's better to do something um to to manage one to two things 
and do it very well and do it successfully and execute on that um, until, until you can do the other one. Right. Because you only really need one. And if you do it well enough and you follow, you know, the different type of strategies, you build a content marketing plan, you know, when you're going to schedule and when you're going to post, what type of post is it going to be? Is it going to be a tip that you're giving? Are you going to use a quote? And then obviously create content around, create the copy around that quote that you found that is so motivating to you or powerful. And you feel like I need to say something to this because it, it connected with me. Mm. If you connect with that content and you get, this is where the writing comes in and then you make other people connect with that message. Mm. And that's what it is. So I think, like I said, content creation I love it because honestly, I could come up with a content calendar for a brand of what they're going to do for an entire month in like a couple of days. Because right. once you learn how to do it, then you start thinking like, okay, uh, they, we have these funny names of marketing like Tip Tuesday, Throwback Thursday, all this stuff. But these are things that trend in, in the social media marketing platform. It's like, okay, use that. Throwback Thursday. Go back to one of your past performances, mm -hmm. you know, and you could tell that person copy tip. I, I go all in on in the uh, stay tuned to minute five, five minutes into five minutes and point thirty five seconds. I, I'm a hit shot with a dope line at that part. You know what you just did? You just told this person to stay on your video until they get to that point because they want to know. What dope line are you? What are you talking about? Right. I want to hear that, or they're gonna fast forward a little bit. But either right. way, social media, Facebook in particular, they have an algorithm that calculates views right. of videos. Three seconds. Mm -hmm. Three seconds. Mm -hmm. Right. So you're trying to get that person to watch that video for that long, to where it creates engagement, and then that person starts seeing more videos, and then they're like, okay. You know, I got to give it to them. Every video yeah. I don't watch is good, right? So, I mean, you just got to you gotta pay attention to what, what you need to do, how you need to tap into that with, with your instrument as a writer, hmm. as a poet. And it can be done. Do you suggest if a poet wants to go into... Uh, copywriting for them to take a class, study on YouTube. What's what, what do you think? What's the best way? Or what's what's mm -hmm. one what's one way? I honestly, I think the courses of the world have showed us that you don't have to go to a formal education. Mm -hmm. um, you you definitely need to find a course that's reputable, credible. And I would I would go that lane, finding mm -hmm. a course and to take that um, allows you also to do like have hands on experience, because mm -hmm. what you want to do is, first of all, in order to perfect this, you're going to have to practice. Your first copy is not going to be great. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> if you want to take somebody else reading it, you need to read it back, like reread it yourself. But then obviously get some other eyes on it. 
and mm. actually test whether or not um, it it successfully got people to do what you wanted them to do. Mm. So we call that also in the, in the test world of copy, we call it A-B testing, split testing. Okay. So as yeah. a, as a, we do that with emails. You send out an a, a email um, to one specific group of people, and then you change the email up a little bit, and you send out a different version to another group, and you test which one was better. They both have CTAs, but the, the CTA might be different. There might be the button might say something different. It might say book now, or it might say learn more, and you want to know which one, which, which call button works better, what color works better. Was it better with the, with the copy centered or was it better with it line adjusted? I mean, it's different things that you can tailor to that piece to see um, what the engagement rate, rate was. Because you want to you look at open rate, click rate, all that stuff. Right, right, right. Oh, that's good stuff, man. That's good <laughs> stuff. So basically invest in yourself, invest in your art, invest yeah. in your... I want I want poets to really start saying poetry poet. poetry career. Yeah. I say this often as well. A singer is going to say their singing career. Mm-hmm. Even the worst of rappers will say mm-hmm. I'm working on my rap career. Very rare, or if ever, you will hear a poet say, my poetry career. Mm-hmm. And I want poets to own that and know that they can build a career in poetry. Mm-hmm. You know, even even if it's taking this lane, you're, what you're doing is disrupting other lanes with poetry, mm-hmm. positively. You know, and, and poetry has so much value. You just kind of have to analyze it and say, okay, what is poetry really? It's it, it's puzzle piecing with words. It's storytelling. Okay, what other industry works with words like that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Marketing, marketing, and, and advertising, advertising, mm-hmm. uh, speech writing. Yep. When you really start to break it down, mm-hmm. you're like, man, I have so many paths. I can grant take. writing, grant writing. Grant, that's another which everybody cannot do. But if you can figure out how to get people to invest, you know, to put money into something, mm. that's a that's a wow. power. You know, that is a power, especially that type of money, fundraising money, you know. Wow. It's it's like you said, like there are websites that offer courses for like ten dollars, five dollars. Udemy dot org. Udemy. Udemy or Udemy Udemy. dot com or dot org. Dot org. Okay. U-D-E-M-Y. Mm-hmm. org, and literally you can type in the subject skill whatever it is that you want to learn and 
there are subject matter experts that are teaching those virtual courses. Mm-hmm. Yep, and, and I will have one as well. Really? Uh, yes, I am. I'm building out a course right now, uh, mm. copywriting one-on-one course. So um, just to give people, you know, that can't, you know, maybe can't afford uh, to hire a copywriter. I want to, want to dump, do it yourself, mm-hmm. you know, kind of start giving you the tips and some tricks of what you can do to start. But I'm, like I said, it's not for the faint of heart. You're not going to sit there and be like, oh, it's going to come out right the first time. A lot of people get frustrated, which is why people hire people to do it. Um, I try to try to be affordable as well, because I understand, you know, Sometimes you don't always have X amount of dollars because I was one. I mean, I am still an artist as well. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a mom. I still work. You know, I still got to bills to pay like everybody else. So you want to invest in your art. You will definitely want to invest in, in the stuff that's going to make you more money. And that's the thing. Your tool is going to make you more money. So you want to invest in that. Invest in your poetry. It's a career. And then mm. it'll start paying back what you put into it. You know, right. the money, the blood, the sweat, the tears, all that good stuff, that, right. that time. So when you don't have money, what I always tell people, you have time. Mm. You always have time. You make people make time for what they what is important to them. Right. There has been a lot of sleepless nights that I've probably had for going to school. As a single mom with two kids, staying up to two in the morning, doing some some research papers, you know, after I put my kids to bed, and have and sometimes I had one on me. My mm. youngest son used to want to be on, lay on me like a koala bear, and right. I'm sitting there holding him while still typing and doing a paper because I wanted that degree because I said I was going back to school and I wasn't stopping and I was going through, and I got my degree. And then after that, I said, within one year after getting out of school, I'm going to go ahead and start my startup. I don't know what's going, what's going to happen, but I'm going to hit the ground running. And I'm going to you know, use my time because I might not have that much money, but I can create a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can do a logo, even if it's simple, starting out. Right. Go to Canva. Right. Do a logo. Canva costs $12 a month. $12 a month for you to be able to create stuff that you can use to put on social media. So, and it looks professional. And it looks professional. Canva.com, C A N V A.com. Mm-hmm. Or even if you want somebody else to do it, go to Fiverr.com. F I V E R R. It's two R's.com. And have somebody do it for twenty dollars. Yep. Like upwork.com. U P W O R K dot com. Like it's it's ridiculous how professional you can make your brand with a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. You know? And and who doesn't know a graphic designer? Like you you have friends who do it. So yeah. it's really it's really no excuse. You know, you just you need to put the effort into it, you know, and put some pride into it. Like you said, this is what you love to do. 
you gotta you gotta show people. They have to see that like this guy, this this girl, she's serious about what she's doing. You know, she's taking it to the next level, mm-hmm. right? And there's and I'll say this as well: there's no poetry industry if there's only like four or five poets doing it. You know, if there's only like four or five poets winning, if you can only think of four or five poets taking it to the next level, then, you know, even less people on the outside of poetry see it. Uh-huh. And in, in their mind, there is no poetry industry. And so, right, they'll just get anybody, oh, you know, for, 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 for their event. But what if they thought of you when they saw your professionalism you know, the fact that you got a resume, you got business cards, like you, like you said, you have to stand out. Mm-hmm. And the fact, and I saw that in your, I think it was, I can't remember which bio, but I saw that in your bio. I think it was Facebook. Um, the fact that you put that you do your, your, your this title, this title, I'm a poet. I'm a, I was like, okay, all right, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. So, and the fact that, and the fact that you said, if you don't have, if your business, you know, doesn't have a lot of years to it, the fact that you're a poet adds to those years. That's good. That's really good. That's good. That's good stuff. Where do you see yourself? Uh, you know, in the, in the next few years, where are you taking your art? Where are you taking your business? Oh, well, so art wise, um, I will. So art wise, I have an anthology coming out this summer mm. in August. So me and um, it's 90 of us, 90 authors, co-authors are going to be in this uh, Finding Joy in the Journey, Volume 2. The visionary um, author is Vernessa Blackwell. She put this together um, for us. And it's, like I said, talking about difficult times. There are going to be a lot of devotionals in it. Um, So people are writing on stuff like grief and loss. Um, my, My addition to it, I could have did a devotional that was a memoir or something, but I decided to do a poem. So mm-hmm. I, I I went really I went all in on this poem, y'all. Like this this is a a personal topic, and this it's um something that I don't talk about often, but I wanted to put it out there. It was very a vulnerable moment for me, but I say you know my readers should hear this. They need to hear this. Some this mm-hmm. is going to touch somebody, right? And so I put that in a poem. So I'm excited about that project coming out in August. Um, if you follow me on any of my socials in the next week or two, um, I will start having some promo materials for that. So where you can obviously go and start pre-ordering, obviously pre-order through me, it's going to be great. Um, I am rebranding my website right now for for my author and poetry brand. Um, my publishing imprint, Honestly Enticing Reads, that is the imprint in which um, I write under. I have a lot of things I want to see for that, which um, starts to, I want to develop and work with other authors who want to self-publish, provide some consulting and coaching, dealing with character development, 
plot, um, uh, outlining their plots, kind of filling up the holes, talking about editing. You know, a lot of people don't know what developmental editing or line editing is. You know, so breaking that down so people can have a, a clear idea of that and um, just get knowledge, just educate, um, and then help, obviously, more people in this industry. I am a proponent for sharing Black stories uh, that are compelling, full of heart, that are enticing, mm-hmm. that is the name, honestly, enticing reads, but obviously share the love that, mm-hmm. you know, that is of, of our culture, you know, all the the good things about being, you know, in this skin and embracing, especially in this current climate of the world, you know, there's a lot of things that are happening to black people, a lot of things, you know, that we just wake up, you know, you see the headlines, you see, you know, another person shot, another police brutality situation, and it just, and as a mother, of two sons, you know, my, my yeah. prince, it, it does hit home and it hits hard because I'm like, you know, I want the world to stop seeing us in this way. Mm-hmm. But I also want us to start seeing ourselves in positive ways and push that forward, you know? And um, so, yeah, so I have a lot of good things for that. As far as my business, um, on your mark media, I'm just, grown it. I want to work with amazing talents. I want to put together, you know, just propel brands to their next level because there's room at the top for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I want to be a part of, you know, some of the amazing things that are going to happen. So I'm pushing along with that. And I think, like I said, for, for me, any progress is always good. It's success. Mm-hmm. Success is measured um different for some people for me it's you know if i'm successful that means that i was able to pour my passion my expertise into something i was also able to have time with my family mm-hmm. with my kids be able to be flexible for them so you know i just want relaxation <laughs> you know and everything i do most of the time i just want to wake up and be like yeah, I want to do this today. I want to do this today. Mm-hmm. Make your own rules. And that's, that's when I learned that I was, I had the entrepreneurial spirit very early in age when I realized like, I want to set my own rules. Well, I got to, you know, work for somebody and they tell me what to do or, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we all got to start there. But right. when you start realizing like, hey, if you want to be an entrepreneur, that doesn't mean that you're just going to have days where you don't do nothing. Right. That's not what that means. That it, entrepreneur work schedule is is completely different. You could be right now as we sitting here at ten thirty at night working on something, and when I get off of here, because I still got some energy left in me, I'm about to go hop on and do some work, you know, right. until I'm tired. But I don't have to start my day early tomorrow if I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. I could take my meetings at ten o'clock or something like that. So you choose. You choose when you work or how you work. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. about being an entrepreneur. But you still got to put in the work. Totally. If you want to grow, you got to put in the work. Especially at the outset, especially at the front of it, you know? Um, Always. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. 
Uh, man, Tiffany, thank you so much for joining me tonight, even right after our planning meeting. Literally, yes. it's like, you know, I'll see you. On yeah, Friday. it was like 10 minutes to argue 10 minutes ago. Yeah, you know, get get yeah. on the camera, get in the yeah. camera for you guys because, uh, and um, I promise to do more. I'm, I'm so bad at going live sometimes, like, I don't go live nearly enough. I but know. It was a goal for this year, and I was like, I need to go live more. And I started it, and I'm like, I need to do more because I know that's where that's where people want you. They want you going live and on video. And I just sometimes I be so into the work or dealing with the kids, and I be like, I don't want to go live right now, but I yeah. promise y'all, I'm gonna go live. Yeah, so same here. This stuff is coming, so I, I'm definitely going live so I can tell you guys about it. So y'all can share in, in the, the little wins because anything, it, it could be as small as somebody gave me a great comment today. Like you celebrate those little wins mm. and you celebrate just as well as you celebrate the big ones, you know. That's good. That's good. I know everybody watching and listening got so much from this episode. I know I did. I know I Thank did. You. And and. And I'm getting so much more because you're on my team for the Yay! Poet Life Fest, July 24th. And just to witness your greatness um, and, and to be a benefactor uh, of it is, is an awesome thing. And so if you are in the DMV, the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area around July 24th, it's a Saturday. It's going to be an awesome event, all day event, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be different. You know, it's it's it's, it's going to be very unique and um, you don't want to miss it. Trust me, you don't no, want to you miss don't. it. You know, uh, I'm trying to tell you, you can see our en enthusiasm right <laughs> now and yes. you'll start to see more and more promotion for the fest and but the best part about it is it's really not about that event. Like that event is going to be the catalyst for so much more, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and it's also an example. We're, we're, we're explaining to you that you're more than your poems. Like we're doing a poetry festival. Like that's huge. You know what I mean? Not to, you know, pat backs and things of that nature, but, we're just giving you examples of the height that uh -huh. you can take your art. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, I, I want, I want that to come across clearly, you know? Yeah. We um, want, we want more people to do, do more of that. We want mm -hmm. that to be, you know, even if you can't do, you just do a mini fest, do a, yeah. do a gather. Yeah. Like it needs to be more like we, in the D.C. area, if you're from here, D.C., Maryland, Virginia, you know about Bus Boys and Poets. Right. It's always a, always has been a phenomenal place to to always. go and and do open mic. But like I said, we're we're trying to keep it going because the same way D.C. you know has go go, mm -hmm. you know we have a huge poetry scene here as well and even beyond, and we're wanting to build that community and share that. So like I said, if you tap into to what we're doing early and right. get in the Facebook page and, and go into the group that we'll have uh, mm -hmm. set aside for the Poetry Life Fest, 
then we're going to be asking you guys, mm-hmm. like, what you want to see. We're going to be asking you guys questions and, you know, we definitely are going to be waiting for your feedback so we know, like, this is what they want to see when they come. We can't promise we'll be able to do everything, but we can try to figure out, obviously, what you guys want to do and want to see when you come down here. So I'm ready. (laughs) Awesome. That's so awesome. Look, we can can stay on this thing all night. I'm used to and known for like continuing the conversation for another 30 minutes. So I'm going to just end <laughs> oh, it here. I'm telling you, you know, and allow you to get some rest. It's 1040 Thank at night, you, you know, yes. and, and I know you got the young ones. They're still awake. Cause you said you're going to let them stay up as long as you up. So yeah, they got, they got to stay up while mama was on her <laughs> podcast. So I made a deal. I was like, don't come in, don't come in and bother me. I got the door closed. You guys, I'm like, don't come in and bother me, but uh, right. you can stay up. So yeah. Let me go put these these youngins to bed. I can't wait oh. to put them to get out of school in 15 days. Hallelujah. I'm telling you. I'm for sure. <laughs> Listen, everybody, it's the Poet Life Podcast. If you want more information about everything that we're doing, go to thepoetlife.com. I put it down there at the bottom of the screen, thepoetlife.com. And trust me when I tell you, you want to be there if you can. Um, we'll, 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 you know, afterwards, we'll post some videos and some, mm-hmm. some photos, but you don't want to miss it. If you're going to be in the DC area, Poet Life Fest, I was going to say Poet Life Podcast, the Poet Life Fest on July 24th is going to be absolutely amazing. And uh, we're very excited about it because it's just the beginning. But everybody have a good night. Miss Tiffany, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. To our meetings and things of that nature. For sure. Thank you for coming on. Uh, everybody else have a great night and check out the rest of our episodes. It's the Poet Life Podcast. We're out. Peace. Introducing the Poet Life Podcast. Go check it out today on your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Apple Music, and the website, thepoetlife.com. Find a way. Find a way. Ain't got no time now. You on the way.